Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Oh, we missed it. That was it. Yo! This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, we missed it. We missed it. I thought that was the promo that was beforehand. And I heard it, and I'm like, wait a minute. That's that, that, that's my, my cue. And I missed it. We're off to a riveting start on a Friday afternoon. Greg. What are you going to do, man? Yeah, I think that, I think that's fair, Bavona. Yeah, yeah. Put put the graphic back up too. Yeah, the but, but let's not, let's pretend we're starting. Yeah, over. yeah. we're starting now. Show is starting. Here now. we go. Best, 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 Fantasy best friends forever. Do 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 do. Yo! This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie! What's going on, man? Frankie! Frankie! Whatever your name is. TGIF. You're you're screwing up again, huh? Yeah, whatever. What is going on with you, man? (laughs) It's 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 a freaky Friday, you know? Whatever. That's a different song, actually. Yeah. By Little Dicky. Little Dicky, sure, whatever. You know, that guy. You don't know who Little Dicky is? No, I know who he is, but I'm just, I'm out. You're, you're clearly out, man. I'm very out. What's going on with you? Well, Low I night? Mean, did you watch a game last night? I did, actually. I, mean, you know, I didn't we, want to, we got I did. some. We got some stuff to talk about, so I'm a little fired up. All right. Frank walked in here very determined today, I can tell you that much. Frank looks like a little kindergartner dancing during the song. Well, you should see his shoes. He looks like a 90-year-old grandpa. <laughs> and you wouldn't have known that if I didn't bring it up. I would, myself, not, right? I would, I would not have. I would have known that. Uh, on the program today, of course, we'll go over Thursday Night Football. We'll make our picks for this weekend. We'll give you our survivor pick as well. And we'll answer your start-sit questions. We'll line up the phone lines. Coming up in like uh, 40 minutes or so. Uh, we'll line up the phone lines and take your calls, of course, for the last 20 minutes of the program. We have some wide receiver ranks we want to get to as well. So it's a jam-packed program today, Frank. Yes, it is. And, you know, I want to start off with the Ravens and Bengals, obviously. I had an index card full of stats that I wanted to talk about. Did you leave it downstairs? Left it downstairs. You're a mess today. Like, what the hell is going on? Do you want... I need a personal intern, Greg. Do you want... I need a personal... You know how Corey talks about, like, I need some superstar treatment? Do you want Alex to read the index card to us? I need a personal intern. Alex, do me a favor. Alex, He's not going to understand, because I, I wrote it all over the place. I, I Only I can understand what's going on in the so index So you don't card. want him to read us the index card? I mean, I, I, he, I, he can try to. All right. Alex, you, you, you were working our, 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 our video, video producing today. Yeah. Uh, there's an index card at Frank's desk. A yellow one. It's a yellow index card. If you could read some of that gibberish to us, 
and <laughs> we will then be able to make sense of it, hopefully. Please, sir. All right. Here we go. It says, Buck Allen. Uh-huh. 3.9 yeah. yards per carry, 4.2 yards per touch. All right, we'll stop right there. That was last year's stats. That was last year's stats. So, Buck Allen yeah. last year did what, Frank? Uh, he sucked. Okay. He sucked. Okay. Uh, he also had, if you, if you read on, like, the top left, like, right to the next of Buck Allen's name, he, averaged, he hasn't averaged more than 5.4 yards per reception in each of the past three seasons, Greg. In Alex Collins' career, he's averaging 8.7 yards per reception. But, but keep going, Alex. Alex Collins, 4.6 yards per catch. Five, yards per carry. Five, per carry. five yards per touch. Five yards per touch. A little, little bit better than Buck Allen, I would Seems say. Seems about a yard yeah. per touch better than yeah. Buck Allen. Can, yeah. can we get some of the, uh, some of the evaded tackle numbers uh, there, Alex? Got 16 breakaway runs and 76 evaded tackles. That's, uh, that's for Alex Collins. That's for Alex Collins, okay. Uh, do you have what Buck, was that do you have number for, for Buck Allen last year? Five break, breakaway runs, Ooh, 42 evaded tackles. Oh, 42! And he was on the field more. 42 evaded tackles so here's compared my, to 76 for Alex Collins. Greg, here's my issue, Frank. You, look, it's, you don't... Even a blind person can tell, just from listening to the game, that Alex Collins is a better running back than Buck Allen. The only difference is, which if you read in the, in the bottom right of each the section, is the fumbles. Alex Collins, seven fumbles for 28 games. Buck Allen, two fumbles. But that was back in 2015, 42 games. So he hasn't fumbled since his rookie season. He has two fumbles in 42 games. That is the lone reason that he is being used on the goal line in the red zone in favor of Alex Collins because John Harbaugh is scared that Alex Collins is going to fumble the football in the red zone. And I, I guess I can't fault him for that, but just watching the game... The burst, the, the tenacity that Alex Collins runs with. If the guy got 15 carries per game and five or six targets per game, because we saw yesterday, the guy can catch the ball, and after he makes the catch, he can make things happen in the open field. Alex Collins, it is. If he would just get used correctly, he would easily, easily outperform the third-round draft price that he had on draft day, Greg. So I'm here to tell you, hashtag, Get the buck out of here. So here's my, my problem. I don't think anyone's arguing with you. I'm certainly not arguing with you. It's just frustrating. That Alex Collins is better than Buck Allen. But what you need to... You, you could yell and, and scream and give all of these statistics, and they're right. It's true. It, it, it's the Kenyon Drake situation, too. Correct. From last year. It doesn't matter. It, it, it makes no difference how good you're telling me Alex Collins is because the fact of the matter is Buck Allen has a role in this team. He had a one-yard touchdown run last night. He was involved in the passing game. And Alex Collins, who was drafted in the third round as an RB2, he's given you RB2 numbers. In fact, what no one's talking about, or people started realizing it later this morning, is that Alex Collins had a better game last night than Joe Mixon did, despite how good Joe Mixon looked when he was in the game forgetting the knee injuries. So say what you want. Give any stat you want. Nobody's going to disagree with you that Alex Collins isn't better than Buck Allen. It's true. But it doesn't matter when Buck Allen has a very, my opinion, very, very secure role in this offense. Yeah, I'm not here to defend myself. I mean, you, I mentioned, I referenced a lot of these numbers before the season even started. I'm just further enhancing that the stupidity that is going on in the Ravens' offense right now. And I know, you know, game flow played into the game last night. Early, you know, 
that game got out of hand in the first half, so they weren't using Alex Collins all that much. And then in the second half, they were actually using him you know, in the past game, something that we haven't really seen out of Alex Collins in the past. But I was encouraged by that. The fact that, you know, he only had one drop last night. It was on a, ca- uh, a target on the sideline. It wasn't, it wasn't the easiest catch. But everything else that he had come his way, he caught. He looked good in the passing game. He looked explosive when he was running the football. He runs hard. He runs strong. He initiates contact. He doesn't shy away from it. In every single facet of the game, he is a better running back than Buck Allen, except for ball security. And that's the reason why Buck Allen has his role in this team. And, I, and I'm not going to dispute that. I'm just, Thank pa- you. I'm just painting the picture. Paint whatever picture you want. Of how much better Alex Collins is than Buck Allen. And I'm just going to sit here and hope that the Ravens coaching staff is listening. What did you think of the other side in the running game? Joe Mixon left the game twice with a knee injury. He came back both times. It looked like it was just some soreness. Nothing uh, serious, certainly with 10 days off before their next game. Uh, Joe Mixon will be fine. Everybody was absolutely in love with the way Joe Mixon looked last night. He was patient. He was fast. But when it came down to the numbers, they weren't exactly there, which is interesting in a game that they were leading pretty significantly uh, throughout. What did you think of Joe Mixon's game last night? I thought it was a mixed bag. I will agree that he looked incredibly patient. Uh, He hit the holes hard. Even with Billy Price going down, the offensive line looks pretty good for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, 21 carries for 84 yards, so he's right around four yards per carry there. Uh, he had a long of 21, so he showed some explosiveness. I was impressed that he battled a knee injury, came back in, and still looked as explosive as he did. So I wouldn't be worried about that knee injury moving forward because he did enter back in the game, uh, and he showed off some of that explosiveness. What I did worry about is that Gio Bernard was much more involved in this game. Even once Joe Mixon came back in the game, Gio Bernard seven targets, four receptions for 15 yards, and Joe Mixon had just one target, one reception for three yards. That was the biggest difference Last week was their week one usage. Joe Mixon absolutely dominated it, both on the ground, through the passing game. He had seven targets last, last week, uh, five receptions, 54 yards. Uh, and then last night, he only had one target, one reception, and three yards. I, I think that's kind of game flow related. I think in games where it's a little bit closer or if they're playing catch up a little bit more, Joe Mixon will be on the field and he will be targeted in the passing game. So overall, I thought he looked fine. Um, the fact that he ran for 80-plus yards against a pretty stout Ravens run defense, I'm fine with it. Uh, I, obviously, you wanted him to get in the end zone, but I think uh, considering you know everything that happened throughout the night, the knee injury, uh, the score kind of getting out of hand, him coming back in the game, to still get you know close to 90 total yards, I think it's fine. Yeah, I thought so too. It didn't bother me seeing Giovanni Bernard's role in the offense. I kind of expected it, right? Like, like this isn't unexpected. I thought the numbers were good. The Ravens' defense is a good one. And Mixon, who lost some weight in the offseason, I think I think you saw it last night, right? Like, he looked thinner. He looked to have more burst. And you didn't see that last year uh, coming in early in the season for Joe Mixon and the Bengals. So those that believe that Joe Mixon was going to jump and take that next step, I think you got a preview of that potentially last night. And it's amazing we started off the show talking about Alex Collins and talking about Joe Mixon and not about the player that scored three touchdowns last night, and that was A.J. Green. You came in all passionately. And I turned the game on. Uh, about ten and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. Bengals were up seven nothing. They were actually kicking off uh, after their first drive. And I'm like, oh man, I wonder who scored. I'm like, ah, damn, it was AJ Green. I'm I'm playing AJ Green in both of my two home leagues. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. One catch, touchdown. All right, hopefully the rest is limited, right? Next n- next catch was also for a touchdown, as as was the next catch uh, was was also for a touchdown. And I'm sitting there, and of course, you're I'm in a group chat with both of those leagues. And all they're doing is just sitting laughing. Just laughing at me. Laughing at you. 
Like, That's <laughs> up. congratulations, Greg. Who, who was laughing at you? Everybody. You know who's laughing at me? I'll defend you. Max. 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 Oh, Max. Mm-hmm. Money Max, who goes around throwing his fab around at Philip Lindsay. Laughing Welcome to the stage, Philip Lindsay. Max Just made a trade. Max stacks. made a trade today, by the way. Made a stat. Oh, he made a trade. Yeah. He traded away Austin Eckler. This is going to be a slobber knocker of a trade. To the Melvin Gordon owner for Keelan Cole. Fine. Okay. Sure. That's it. That's all you got. Don't make fun of Greg Sussman, Max. That's all you got. So he, was, he got nervous after the fact because last year he traded away Alvin Kamara for Alan Hearns. So a backup running back for a Jacksonville wide receiver. And now he's done it again. <laughs> so if Melvin Gordon like tears his ACL or something like that oh, gosh, over the weekend. Dude, what the hell And Austin Eckler becomes his RB1. Max, Max did it again. I think it's a fair trade. I mean... Whatever. Keelan Cole's like a high-end wide receiver four. He's going to be a bi-week replacement. Again, I don't really want much to do with the Jaguars passing attack. I feel like it can be one week this guy, one week that guy. Um, but Austin Eckler has standalone value, even with Melvin Gordon, and we saw that last week. There are actually some people who think Austin Eckler is a better all-around running back than Melvin Gordon. They think he's more explosive, which is kind of crazy to say, but... Um no, Austin Eckler has, has looked pretty good, and he has a role in his offense. So I think, especially in PPR leagues, he's, he's going to be in that low-end flex discussion every single week. Yeah, I, I think he will be. Well, listen, last week against Kansas City, the perfect matchup for them. The perfect matchup for the Chargers, and everybody loved him. That's why he liked Phillip Rivers a lot. And that's why I, I think in DFS, if Ben Roethlisberger plays, he's an awesome start this week against that Kansas City secondary. Austin Eckler has his role, but let's not forget Melvin Gordon had his nine receptions last week. He had 13 targets, career high. Crazy. Absolutely ridiculous usage in the passing game. Uh, and, you know, again, we spoke about it early in the draft season, Greg. We didn't understand why people were pushing Melvin Gordon down the draft board. We saw in some early drafts him going in the second round. It just it didn't make sense based on the continued increase in passing game usage for Melvin Gordon year in and year out and the fact that he has scored 12 touchdowns in each of the past two years. He's just as safe as it comes when it comes to a first-round running back. Greg, I did want to touch on the secondary receivers for both teams here. That being John Brown and Tyler Boyd. And maybe, you know, you can argue John Brown isn't the secondary receiver on this team. You can argue that he is the first receiver. He was tied for the team lead with 10 targets in this game, tied with Michael Crabtree. But he had four receptions for 92 yards and a touchdown. It's very clear that Joe Flacco always has a guy he likes to throw down the field to in this offense. Mm -hmm. And John Brown is that guy. And now we've seen back-to-back weeks where he has scored a touchdown. I think once they get inside the red zone, Michael Crabtree is more of that guy. Well, well, they did target John Brown and he dropped it. They did. They did. I believe Michael Crabtree had a... Did he have a target inside the red zone? I feel like he he did. I believe he did. I believe he did. Uh, John Brown targeted right there. He dropped it. It wasn't a great throw, uh, but he did drop it. It's amazing how we just passed right over AJ Green, by the way, after you let me do my diatribe. Yeah, I mean, what else are you going to say about him? Like... Start your studs. He was a second-round wide receiver. You were a little bit off of him this year coming into the year. Definitely. I mean, but you still had him in that kind of, you know, top 10 range, obviously. For sure, for sure. Um, So, look, he's an underappreciated wide receiver one year in and year out. I saw Evan Silva tweeting about how he's probably going to be the most underappreciated Hall of Fame wide receiver of all time, and I don't really know that we can dispute that. So, A.J. Green just continuing to get it done. Tied for the team lead for the Bengals with nine targets, the three touchdown receptions, as you mentioned, and 69 yards. Nice. But I do have to just reiterate, I tweeted this out last night. I was disrespecting John Brown before the season started. Um, When it comes to the sickle cell, I didn't know how he was going to be used in this offense overall. How healthy can he stay? Again, I mean, he looks, him and Michael Crabtree, in my opinion, are both top 36 wide receivers right now. I will throw in the caveat, obviously the Ravens are not going to be throwing the ball 55 times in every single game, 
But for them to get up in games or if they're trailing in games, it's obvious that John Brown and Michael Crabtree are the top two targets absolutely. in this offense. And then on the other side, you need to pay attention to Tyler, Tyler Boyd. Boyd. You absolutely need to pay attention to him. Nine targets, tied with A.J. Green, six receptions, 91 yards, a touchdown. We wanted Tyler Eifert to be a thing again this year, Greg. We wanted uh, John, John Ross, Ross to be a thing this year. And Mike Clay tweeted out earlier today, week one, 18% target share for Tyler Boyd. Last night, 23% target share for Tyler Boyd. On the season, Tyler Croft, just 10% of the target share. John Ross, 8.5% of the target share. Tyler Boyd is clearly the number two wide receiver in this offense. I'm not ready to push him into that wide receiver three range with John Ross and Michael Crabtree. I think he's right outside of that. But he's going to be in the low-end wide receiver three discussion, and he's going to be usable uh, as a bi-week wide receiver. So if he's on your waiver wire, that's going to be a guy that you are targeting next year. I'm pretty excited about him as the number two receiver in this offense, Greg. All right, there you go. Something you have to look at. Tyler Boyd for Cincinnati. Maybe not. John Ross. We'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll give you the latest on the injury updates with Leonard Fournette, with Devontae Freeman, and with Aaron Rodgers. And we'll get to Frankie's wide receiver ranks. That's coming your way when we come back. The Fantasy Best Friends Forever on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. So I hope you can stand the vibration, because we're about to rock the entire nation. Fantasy best friends forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. We're here to remind you that BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. Using promo code FNTSY, BetDSI is offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code FNTSY and try BetDSI.com. And that's BetDSI.com. The promo code is FNTSY. Head on over and start winning today. There you go. That's the deal with BetDSI. Frank, let's get into the latest with some of the injury news and notes. Devontae Freeman, remember, had over a week now since he hurt his knee, and he said it was fine, no big deal. Did not practice Wednesday, did not practice Thursday, and now has not practiced Friday. It seems unlikely he will get to go on Sunday, which means Tevin Coleman is where in your rankings? I haven't updated yet because that information just came out, but I'll pull it up for you right now and just kind of figure it out, walk you through my process of where I'm going to put him. So Trust the presence. Trust me. Yeah. All right, whatever, Greg. Uh, <laughs> I had Devontae Freeman as running back 24 right now. Uh, Tevin Coleman will undoubtedly be higher than that. I will move him what, running back 17. Ooh. 18, 18. Okay. 
So a, a RB2, this, solid RB2 this week. Yeah, I'm going to move him right behind JHI and Royce Freeman. I'm very, very bullish on Royce Freeman this week. I think he gets in the end zone against Oakland. Uh, and I'm going to have Tevin Coleman just ahead of Lamar Miller, Carlos Hyde, Kenyon Drake. My thinking with that is, regardless of the bad matchup against Carolina, we just saw Ezekiel Elliott score a touchdown against them last week, and we've seen that whenever Tevin Coleman fills in for Devontae Freeman, he gets big workloads. We're talking 20-plus touches. So the fact that he's going to see that amount of work is going to outweigh the fact that he's playing the Carolina Panthers, Greg. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The Carolina Panthers. Great DFS play, too. Tevin Coleman's a great DFS play, as is the other side. I really like Christian McCaffrey as well against the Definitely. Falcons without Keanu Neal uh, and without the other linebacker, Deontay Thompson. Not no, Deontay Thompson. Deion uh, Jones. Deion Jones, uh, who also is hurt. Both, um, both of those running backs in that game really, really like them. Now, the other big running back injury from last week, Leonard Fournette. It was a mild hamstring injury that caused him not to practice Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. It doesn't look like Leonard Fournette will go on Sunday. Where does that put TJ Yeldon in your rankings? Yeah, he's going to be more of a low-end RB2 for me, but he's going to come inside the top 24 for sure, going up against the New England Patriots defense, which allowed over five yards per carry. Oh, just about five yards. 4.9 yards per carry in week one against Lamar Miller, who we all know, Greg. Lamar Miller sucks. He sucks. Yeah. So they allowed 4.9 yards per carry to Houston Texans and the boys, and then they also allowed a rushing touchdown to Alfred Blue. So T.J. Eldon's going to come in. I think he'll be close to that 20-touch range once again. Corey Grant will get his. I think he, he could see anywhere from, you know, 6 to 10 touches. But T.J. Yeldon's going to get 13, 14 carries, similar to what he did last week, and he's going to be involved in the passing game. Especially if the Jaguars were to fall behind in this game, you don't really expect that because their defense is as good, but they're going up against New England, so it could happen. And if that happens, we're going to see even more targets for TJ Yeldon out of the backfield. Without Leonard Fournette, he's a top 24 running back this week, Greg. Top 24 running back, so behind Coleman still, but, Leonard, but you believe TJ Yeldon a top 24 running back this week. That brings me to Green Bay, and it brings me, you know, before I get there, people in the chat, rightfully so, are talking about Corey Grant when it comes to TJ Yeldon. Not, not a part of the game plan last week, with Fournette probably out. Do you think Grant gets involved this week? Yeah, I mentioned that when I was discussing TJ Yeldon. I, I think he'll have his role, six to ten touches per game, um, maybe you know five carries and five targets, something like that. I could see uh, some kind of breakdown like that, but it's still going to be, in my opinion, majority uh, TJ Yeldon. I wouldn't be surprised if they try and draw up some creative stuff for Corey Grant because he is very explosive out of the backfield, but that doesn't, again, that doesn't affect me from ranking TJ Yeldon as a top 24 running back this week. There you go. TJ Yeldon inside Frankie's top 24, despite uh, Corey Grant still being around there. Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. The interesting thing about the Packers is they do not practice on Friday. They practice Wednesday, 30, Thursday. Friday is their walkthrough, and then Saturday is their third practice. So we're, there isn't much information on him other than that he's consistently improving. I'm getting the tea leaves, Frank, if I'm reading him. I think he plays Sunday. Aaron Rodgers? Yes. He's clearly not at 100%. It's very, very risky. Again, going up against that Minnesota Vikings defense, as aggressive as they are, they're going to rush the passer. They're going to get exotic with it. They're going to bring blitzes. They're going to try and find any single way that they can knock Aaron Rodgers out of this game so that they have a better opportunity to win this game. This game is going to matter very big down the stretch for the Vikings. We talked about them before the season, Greg, just for season total over-unders. Both of these teams were projected to win 10 games. So if they're both in that range come the end of the season, these AFC, these NFC North matchups are going to matter heavily. So I still think that 
Uh, this is the Vikings game to lose. I- I'm I'm worried about Aaron Rodgers. He's barely inside my top 10 as a quarterback this week, just based on the matchup and the fact that he's not 100%. Um, yeah, so I- I'm overall, I'm worried about him. Uh, but if you have him, like the only quarterbacks I would start over him is Ben Roethlisberger, who we have to pay attention to now with his yep. elbow injury. Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. Um, And then I actually have Aaron Rodgers at number eight. So if you have one of those other quarterbacks, by all means, go ahead, start him. But it's not likely. It's really interesting. I mean, I wouldn't say it's not likely. You very well could have Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, so I I would start Mahomes over him. That's really ballsy. No, it's not. A 75% Aaron Rodgers going up against the Vikings defense? I don't think it's ballsy. There's going to be a lot of points scored in that Steelers-Chiefs game. It's the highest... Over under by far this week uh, from Vegas, so I, I'm I have Patrick Mahomes as a top five quarterback. I'm not worried about it. Well, I hope you're right because I like Patrick Mahomes. There you go. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. I'm gonna open the phone lines now, Frankie, and then we'll get into your wide receiver ranks. Cool. Yep. Let's start with Jeff in Michigan. What's going on, Jeff? Oh, hey guys, how you doing? Doing great, man. I I have a quick question. Um. Long term, who do you guys trust, Andrew Luck or Carson Wentz? Yeah, I'll, I'll take Andrew Luck. Sure, just because he's the he's the healthy player now. Uh, even if Carson Wentz comes back a few weeks from now in October, uh, there's still regression coming for his uh, his touchdown total from last year. And Andrew Luck, look, this defense is not good. Uh, and he proved last week that they're going to be in some shootouts. So I think we're going to see a lot of games this year where Andrew Luck is slinging the ball 40-plus times. Um, so give me Andrew Luck. I agree with that. We got. I, I want to see um, Carson Wentz get back healthy. Still not clear of contact yet, so we have some time. So give me Andrew Luck uh, the rest of the way. I agree. Yep. Even in the long term down the stretch, I'll take Andrew Luck. Let me get to Julian in Miami. What's going on, Julian? Hey, what's up, guys? How's everything? Everything's going great, dude. What's going on? Awesome. Even though Frankie a little touched up on this, um, <laughs> I have Tevin Coleman. It looks like Freeman might be out. Um... For flex, should I consider Coleman over Juju or Royce Freeman? So Royce Freeman and Coleman, I know, are back-to-back in his rankings. So that's, that's obviously pretty tough. Yep. Juju Smith-Schuster, we love the matchup against Kansas City. Uh, we love Big Ben as long as he's healthy enough to play. Uh, it's really hard. Yeah, Juju is actually ranked inside my top 12 this week. Wow! Both him and Antonio Brown. Top 12 wide receiver one, so he's absolutely 100% in your lineup. That chief secondary is brutal. Uh, did we catch what format this is? Because I think that's going to determine uh, who I use yeah, between PPR. Coleman and Freeman. Yeah, and in PPR, PPR. I'll, use Te- I'll use Tevin Coleman. Just because I think he's going to be more involved in the past game. The rankings I was talking about earlier are standard. I think there's, I think there's a better chance that Royce Freeman gets in the end zone this week. Again, I just think I think it's going to happen against that Raiders defense. I think they're going to be playing with a lead, and that Raiders defense just did not impress me at all. Uh, but Tevin Coleman will be more involved in the game than Royce Freeman, so I would have him ranked higher in PPR. Tevin Coleman over Royce Freeman. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I also go with Coleman over Royce Freeman. As much as uh, Frankie likes Royce Freeman, I'm not as high on him. I, I like Coleman. I know he's going to be everything in that backfield. Yep. Every carry, every reception, he's going to be on the field. Royce Freeman is now splitting time. I know we don't like it, and we, this is much like the Alex Collins thing, where there's more talent here than any other running back there. But Philip Lindsay's now a thing. Devontae Booker's still a thing. Give me Tevin Coleman. Yep. We're Got it. Thank you, guys. Got it. Absolutely. And before we wrap up the calls for right now, let me go out to our friend Bob in Vermont. What's going on, Bobby? Hey, Greg and Frank. How you doing, guys? Doing great, Bob. What's going on? Uh, last week on... Um 
what's it called? Um, DraftKings, I went $3. Nice! Right, for free. That's great. No, $4. Then I did $3 on FanDuel. I won $3. So this Rich week, yeah, FanDuel, I decided to put $15 to win what you get a chance to win a million dollars. Sure. So my... Uh, my lineup is Drew Brees, uh, Connor from the Pittsburgh Steelers, Gurley, Cup from the Rams, uh, Allison from the uh, Green Bay Packers, and the Jets guy, uh, what's, I can't pronounce that. Quincy Inunua? Yeah, there you go, Frank. Thank you. And then uh, Josh Reed, right, from Washington? Jordan Reed, yep. Jordan Reed, yeah, and Kamara from the Saints. Then for defense, I took the Jets. So what do you think of that lineup? I like it. I hope you I can't honestly, start Allison, dude. I, no, you, yeah, that, you can't you start Geronimo Allison. But in, if you're trying to win a million bucks, you got to do something Why that's not? outside the he's box. He's good. Well, he's good, but Aaron Rodgers may well, not play, got... and he's playing the Vikings defense. Okay, who should I pick it, uh, besides him? I, I, don't, I don't know the options. There's a lot of players. Are there any wide receivers that you see that are around the same salary as Geronimo Allison that you can let us know of? Yeah, I could tell you that. Yeah, they show you the prices of everybody. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Well, he told, um, what's his name? Chris told me to take the guy on the Jets and get rid of the other guy. Um, what I told you. I like him. I like him better than I do. Yeah, I do too. I don't think Robbie Anderson, he just got a big mouth. <laughs> it doesn't really affect the think- field on the play, well, you know. Well, he he's not that good. But not better than the other guy, I think. All right, so we have Geronimo Allison at $3,800 this week, Greg. Mm-hmm. Some other wide receivers that are also that price. Jarius Wright, Bruce Ellington, James Washington, Zay Jones. This is a disaster. Uh, yeah, this isn't great. Yeah. John, Jonathan Williams? I don't know how that popped up. Sorry. What about Jim uh, Main Curse? Is that good? No. no. Too many jits. No, no, no. What no, about no. Jeremy? No, he's. Uh, what about Jeremy Curley? How about Jeremy Macklin? <laughs> Jeremy Curley, you really you, you just like Jets and former Jets, huh? That's that's your thing. No, no, no. I'm looking at. He told me to look at the prices. I, I found. I found. I found your player this week, Bob. You're going to use Mike Williams from the Los Angeles Chargers at thirty-seven hundred dollars. I don't think he's going to be very highly owned, and he's going up against that porous Buffalo Bills defense. That's the play that's going to win you a million dollars this week, Bob. That's right. He kind of, they kind of stink the Buffalo Bills, yeah. They don't kind of stink. With the defense, I agree. Bob, if you win a million dollars, how much do I get because I just helped you make your lineup? I give you a hundred thousand. Done. All right. Done. 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 That you're, means, that you're, means you're getting 50 though. I right? have to get 50 There you go, Bob. We appreciate the call, my friend. Uh, we were talking a lot of wide receivers there with Bob. So let's get into your wide receiver ranks here, Frankie. Uh, your wide receiver ranks available right now over at rotoexperts.com for free. That's correct. It's exciting. Yes, and it, it includes a brief write-up on five players that I am higher in than the expert consensus I, ranking. I usually just skip that and, and look at the rankings. You should probably read it. It's pretty useful. Mm-hmm. I had some stats in there about Alfred Morris and why I like him this week. Right? Well, it's not a wide receiver, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. There are, are some wide receiver stats that you can read to people in that article. If no, you I'm good. I'm going to move on to number 21 because I was looking at your wide receiver ranks here, Frank, at the PPR. Don't tell me to not do PPR, but... At number 21, you have the first Los Angeles Rams wide receiver. And that is the last Rams wide receiver that was taken in drafts just two weeks ago. You have Cooper Cup as the first wide receiver for the Rams. How come? 
I think he is the safest wide receiver by far this week going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Look, they're huge favorites in that game, but they need to get up in order to win by that margin. And how is that going to happen? They're going to have to pass the ball a little bit. So whether it's Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks on the outside, look, one of these guys is going to be matched up with Patrick Peterson. You just don't know which one. According to Pro Football Focus right now, they have Robert Woods matched up with Patrick Peterson, but I wouldn't be surprised if once the game starts, that's actually on Brandon Cooks, Greg. So I'm worried. Look, if you want to be contrarian in DFS and try and use one of those wide receivers because they're not going to be highly owned, I understand wanting to do that. But in my opinion, the one wide receiver you know is not going to be guarded by Patrick Peterson for sure is Cooper Cup. And he's going to be matched up against Buda Baker. And according to Pro Football Focus, wide receiver cornerback matchups, that is a great, great matchup for Cooper Cup. I think he gets in the end zone again in week two, Greg. I hope so. I'm going to start Cooper Cup. I'm following your advice. I'm starting him in the same lineup I have Robert Woods in. All in on the Rams, huh? No choice. And the Rams and Survivor, spoiler alert. Let's do Survivor picks right now. I think I'm going to the Rams. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. There's, like, you can, if you, if you want to go with the New Orleans Saints this week, you just saw what happened last week. They lost to the Tampa Bay Bucks, but they're 10-point favorites once again. So I think the New Orleans Saints are in play here. But personally, I wouldn't do it. I can't pull the trigger on that uh, because the Cleveland Browns actually played pretty well against the Pittsburgh Steelers a week ago. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think the uh, the Rams and the Chargers are the teams that have stood up the most to me. I might differentiate. I think I'm going to go one survivor. I'm going to go with the Rams, and the other I'm going to go with the Chargers. I will say it does worry me slightly that the Chargers are traveling west to east for a 1 p.m. Eastern time game against the Buffalo Bills. That's the one cause for concern that I have there. Uh, but if you want to go dual Rams, if you play in multiple survivors, I think they're the number one play this week. And number two, I have the Chargers. I think so, too. I think I'm also going to go with the Rams over the Chargers. I like the Eagles, too, but it's like they're on the road. Anything can happen when Nick Foles is the quarterback. No, I, I agree. I like the Eagles as well. But listen, I'm, I'm going to pick against a team that just put up 50 points. Seems silly. Yeah. You know, with a, with a backup quarterback, with Nick Foles. If you look at the NFL schedule this week, the only reason I don't like the Rams, who are the biggest favorite on the board, is a division matchup. Like, these crazy things happen in division matchups. So then you get to the Chargers, um, and, and the Chargers, as my second pick, Against probably the worst team in the league in Buffalo, be traveling across the country, one o'clock game. As Frankie mentioned, it, it's hard. You know, if Blaine Gabbert would have started for Tennessee, maybe I would have felt more comfortable taking Houston, uh, but he's not. I can't go back to the New Orleans well because I have no idea um, how good they are. I somebody brought up to me on Twitter uh, San Francisco over Detroit. That was another one. That would probably be my third choice. I would use San Francisco before I would use New Orleans. What about Denver and Oakland? Again, divisional matchup. You love Denver, though. I do like Denver. I, they would be fourth on the list. They're, I mean... You're like Scott Angle giving you your top five survivor picks here. I mean, I told you who I'm using. It's not like I'm flip-flopping. I understand. I'm going to use the Rams in one and the Chargers in the other. Yeah, I think... I think but if you want to be a little contrarian like and the, get them out of the way, I mean, the Broncos and the 49ers are the next two teams up. Yeah, I agree. I like the Broncos a lot. I like the Broncos. They're, they're a good defense. Yeah, the defense should dominate. I will say this. John Gruden just got embarrassed in primetime. I worry about teams when they get embarrassed in primetime because they're going to bounce back. And that goes for both the Lions and the Oakland Raiders. I mean, these, they are professional athletes. These guys play with pride, Greg. They're Here, not going to get embarrassed two weeks in a row. Here's the reason it's tough to take the Niners or the Broncos, because you don't know how good either of those teams actually are. That's what's really scary. Yeah. At least the Rams, like you know they're good. And even though it's a division game, I just feel comfortable taking a team that's good. We know the Chargers are good too, Greg. Or at least I do. 844-843-6879. Frankie's Wide Receiver Ranks and your start and sit questions are coming up next.
The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. Wish I knew the words. What is this? Savage Garden. Sounds pretty sick. <laughs> Let's listen to the real words. It's fine. Fantasy Back Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single entry contests. It's fun and a recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Bracket Contests. Sign up today when you go to FantasyFactor.com. That is FantasyFactor.com. And that actually reminds me, I gotta go to FantasyFactor.com and enter in my Survivor pick. I just got banned from answering the chat because I've been sending too many messages according it's to nice. YouTube. Nice that at least you're doing Take a break. And try again. I'm just trying to help the people. Well, if people want to help, you can give us a call at 844-843-6679. I don't know if you've ever referred to yourself as a fantasy superhero, Greg. No doubt. I have not. I did last night for the first That's time. That's one of the more absurd things I've ever heard. No, it's not because You refer to yourself. Sense. That's like referring to yourself as a king. No, no, no. It's not the same thing. Uh, I think it's exactly what it is. Look, Kinga was talking to me. The Kinga. My oh. fiancé was trying to talk to me. Uh, I see what he did there. And my fiancé was trying to talk to me. Okay. You done? If you guys have hashtags for, for Frank, let us know on Twitter, at Roto underscore Frank. And at Greg Sussman. So far, I, his fiancé's name is Kinga. So I, I've said Kinga the North as my hashtag. Or, you know, Frank found his Kinga. That's what I'm. That's what I'm currently going with. Um, I love King of the North. I don't know if she loved it as much as I did. Um, but if you have any wedding hashtags for Frank and his fiance Kinga, let us know inside our YouTube chat or tweeting at Roto underscore Frank. Yes, I do appreciate that, Greg. Uh, would you like to tell people the hashtag that you have, or is that like not revealed? No, I, I posted on Instagram. We're good. Oh, all right. So reveal it to the people. We're going hashtag Cuckoo for Sussman. Judy's last name is Cooker. It's awesome. So we're going with Cuckoo for Sussman. All right, now can I explain my why I'm a fantasy superhero? Go right ahead. <laughs> Constantine says, at Frank Sample is my superhero. Uh, thanks, man. But Kinga was talking to me, and mm-hmm. mind you, I'm on Twitter. It's right before the Thursday night game is starting. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm helping people set their lineups. A bunch of emails. I'm like, babe, don't get mad at me. Babe. Don't get mad at me that I'm not answering you. The people need me. They need me. Oh I am God. the fantasy superhero. Oh, my God. I am here to save their teams. And that was my justification for not paying attention to it. How did you get the? How was the response to that? She was cool with it. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's why she's the one, Greg. That's crazy. <laughs> I cannot say you would have been okay with that response. I would have said, uh, you know, working. I need to do. I need to answer people. And she would just been like. But that's why you had to put like, kind of like a funny, weird spin on it. I tried to make it acceptable. Yeah. By calling myself the fantasy superhero, which I would not normally do that again. Like, that's not the moniker I want. We were definitely calling you the fantasy superhero. I'm not going to give myself the king. you can give me some superhero music. That'd be great. (laughs) I'm not going to, you know, just go out there and call myself the king. But you're calling yourself I called myself a fantasy superhero one time to justify not paying attention to my fiance talking to me. It, uh, It 
saying that word over and over again is just getting weird. So, like, let's answer some questions or something, Greg. All right, I'll go to the phone lines first. Yeah. Let's go to Danny in Canada. What's up, Danny? What's up, dude? Hello. Yo. Hey, man, I got a question here. Um, sure. I'm in a full point PPR, and um, I have to start one of the two. I have David Johnson and James Connor. Am I overcoaching it by um, trying to sit David Johnson, or is he in tough week two? Greggy, would you like to refer to my running back rankings for this one? You could refer to him yourself inside well, the top five. You know that I have James Conner ranked as a top three running back this week. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, I'm starting him over David Johnson. I don't think that you're overthinking it. Um, the, the, uh, the Cardinals are 13.5-point underdogs in this game. And I know that David Johnson was that team's entire offense in week one. But if they fall behind early in this game, they're, they're going to have to try and pass to get back into it. And if it's a blowout by the fourth quarter, I mean, David Johnson might not even see any touches. Not only that, he popped up on the injury report yesterday with a back injury too, Greg. So all those reasons, James Conner's a lock for at least 25 touches in this game. I'm using James Conner. Is he overthinking it? Yes. No, he's not. I'm You're sorry, using Conner over David Johnson, Greg. Crazy, dude. It's not. Going up against that Rams defensive line, when you're 13 and a half point underdogs, and James Conner's coming off a game where he touched the ball 35 times... Again, I hear you. Against a Chiefs defense I hear you. that just allowed, what, nine receptions to Melvin Gordon the ration- and, and five or t- however Dude, many receptions to Austin Eckler the rationale, starting James Conner. The rationale makes sense. I understand it. This is, this is my Jared Goff versus Tom Brady last year where you killed me for it. I did. And Jared Goff outperformed Tom Brady that week. But that was like week 10. This is week 2. David Johnson was your third overall pick. Start your studs. Yeah. James Conner is your stud. Oh, my God. That's crazy. And that is the word of the fantasy superhero. Yours and mine, he is faster than a speeding bullet. He is smarter than a genius brain. He is the fantasy superhero, Frank Stanfield. Greg, quick. My fantasy senses are tingling. Answer another call while they're being activated. Let's go to Ryan in Tampa. What's up, Ryan? Hey, guys, how you guys doing? I'm doing all right, man. What's up? Hey, buddy. So I had a cool question. I got some lousy uh, wide receiver number twos, and I'm having uh, trouble deciding who I want to put in. So I got uh, Devin Funches uh, playing at Atlanta. Um, I'm hoping he has a bounce back week, That the fact that Greg Olson's not playing any longer. Um, or do I start uh, Marvin Jones and take a gamble at him playing at San Francisco when Richard Sherman's going to be covering him all day long? Yeah, so we're talking about the wide receiver rankings. I think this is a good question to bring up, Greg. I actually have Devin Funches ranked inside my top 30 this week. I have him as my 29th ranked wide receiver with Marvin Jones a few spots behind him. So um, there's a chance that Marvin Jones gets Richard Sherman here. Richard Sherman is not the cornerback he once was, but there's a chance that he does get matched up with him. And I think just based on the usage in week one, based off that, um, I think Kenny Galladay and Golden Tate see more targets in this offense. I think... Golden Tate for sure is, you know, I told you I think he's a slam dunk this week. I think Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones are going to alternate weeks or it's going to be a little bit inconsistent who the the number two target is in that offense. But I'll take Devin Funchess, who I think is going to be the number one target outside of Christian McCaffrey this week, even if he sees Desmond Trufant. Last year, when Greg Olson was out of the lineup, Devin Funchess' targets and receptions went up by like two or three per game, and I think that's the case here. 
I'm going with Devin Funches. I'm also going with Devin Funches. It's actually not even that hard. I, I think it's, it's quite simple, and, and Frank broke it down well. One guy is going to be the primary receiver in his offense, and that's Devin Funches. Like, he's the number one guy. Well, yeah. I think Christian McCaffrey will that's lead fine. the team in targets. That's team. fine. You'll dump it off to McCaffrey, but you don't have Greg Olsen to go down the field with. And we saw last year without Olsen, Funches was targeted relentlessly down the field. Marvin Jones is one of three. Devin Funches isn't. Go with Devin Funches. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. You got it. Let's go to Ra- let's go to Phil in the Bronx. What's going on, Phil? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Doing great, man. So this league is half point per carry and a half point per catch. Okay. So I got I got two receivers and I got two running backs. I like to have the running back at the flex. So I'm trying to decide between Marshawn Lynch or Eckler, and then my wide receiver three between Mike Williams and Robert Woods. All right, so for me, I'll go, I'll go with the wide receiver. I'm going to go with Robert Woods over Mike Williams. I know, Frank, I know you love your boy, Rob, Mike Williams. I love my boy, Robert Woods. Um, but I think Robert Woods is still, is still significantly more reliable um, than Mike Williams. Just look at the targets last week. So I'm going to go with Robert Woods there. When it comes to the running backs, um, Lynch or Eckler, listen, it, it might just not be an Eckler game. I mean, it could be, but I know Marshawn Lynch is the starter. I'm confident in him. I'm going with Marshawn Lynch. I'm going with Robert Woods. Yeah, we'll also go Robert Woods. As much as I like Mike Williams, this is a wait-and-see week for me because we saw in the second half last week with Tyrell Williams and Travis Benjamin dropping passes all over the place, the Chargers often started to implement Mike Williams a lot more in the second half, yes. and he was being targeted heavily. He was catching everything. He looked spry. He looked explosive. Big wide receiver. With that being said, he's outside my top 36 again just because I want to see him do it. One more time. And again, what I tell you guys to do is what I'm doing. I have leagues where I have Mike Williams on my team. I currently have Chris Godwin. I have guys like Nelson Aguilar in my lineup ahead of him. So again, I want to take a wait and see approach one more week with him. I will take Robert Woods. Uh, You know the targets are going to be there. He was, you know, eight, nine targets. Uh, It's him. It's Brandon Cooks. It's Cooper Cup. That's all there is in the past game for the Rams. So I trust his targets more. The running back call is a little bit closer here, Greg, because if the Chargers are blowing out the Buffalo Bills in this game, who's to say that we just don't see a bunch of Austin Eckler in the fourth quarter? Marshawn Lynch going up against the Denver Broncos? Man, it's close. As a big underdog? And I don't have it ranked this way. I'll go Austin Eckler, man. I'll go Austin Eckler in that one. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, you just convinced me. I gotta change my rankings around now. Seems that way. In PPR, overall, they're much closer, but this is half PPR, half point per carry. Uh, so it kind of throws things off a little bit. I'll take Austin Eckler there, though. 844-843-6879. Hey, Frankie, I wanted to ask you about a couple of wide receivers. Yep. Um, we were asked about Brandon Marshall. How relevant is he this week? What number is he in your rankings? Yeah, so both Brandon Marshall and Tyler Lockett are inside my top 36 this week. Um, because, look, Brandon Marshall was the top target tier for the Seahawks last week. Uh, they're projected to be underdogs in this game against the Bears as well. Uh, the Bears' secondary is... Solid. I'm not completely scared of it. Uh, and Brandon Marshall also led the team in red zone targets a week ago with two. So he's a top 36 wide receiver for, for me. I like him a little bit more in standard than I do in PPR. Um, but yeah, both him and Tyler Lockett are ranked inside my top 36 as low in wide receiver three. Something that went pretty under the radar this week that, that we have not mentioned, and I was looking at my team and setting my lineups and stuff, was Jameson Crowder who did nothing last week. He had like three for 38 or something like, or along those lines, three for 32. He did nothing last week. I know people were buying right back into Jamison Crowder. Uh, Chris Thompson dominated a lot of the snaps and a lot of the receptions I think many people thought Jamison Crowder would have. Uh, are you going back to the well with Crowder this week, or are you concerned? 
In PPR, I have him as wide receiver 36, so just barely a low-end wide receiver 3. In standard, if you wanted to pivot to a guy like Mike Williams or a Marvin Jones, if you have players like that, I think they have a better chance of getting in the end zone this week. Uh, But Jamison Crowder, according to Pro Football Focus, has a great matchup against Kenny Moore II in the slot against the Indianapolis Colts. The one thing I worry about with Washington, and I think it's becoming more and more clear, Jordan Reed and Chris Thompson are just the first two reads in this offense. And as much as they said in the preseason and during training camp that Alex Smith and Jamison Crowder have a connection, there's a chance that it's going to happen. We haven't seen it in the preseason. We didn't see it in week one. So if you want to get away from Jamison Crowder this week, I I don't really have a problem doing so. I have the Seahawks guys ranked ahead of him. Uh, A couple other names I have uh, ranked ahead. Quincy Inunua, Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay, Devin Funches, Chris Godwin, Nelson Aguilar, Kenny Sills, all ranked ahead of Jamison Crowder if you have those other options, Greg. Okay, so there there you go. Um, Jamison Crowder, not exactly a high-profile option uh, here for Frankie Stanfield. We're going to be done for today. On our YouTube stream, we appreciate you watching uh, all week long. Good luck to you. If you're listening to the podcast, you're listening to our live radio stream, we're not going anywhere for the next five minutes. Of course, on the video side, the Fantasy Football Frenzy with Corey Parson, Chris Venture, and the Fantasy Taz Jim Day uh, comes your way next. If you're listening on the podcast, please subscribe to the podcast, give us five stars, leave a comment, and do whatever you can to help your BFFs. This past Sunday, another Daily Roto subscriber won a million dollars playing Daily Fantasy Football. That makes seven million dollar winners. You heard that right. Seven Daily Roto subscribers have now won a million dollars. Head on over to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium. And find out how you can party with our successful community of daily fantasy players. And if it's sports wagering you're into, click on the sports betting tab. Go to dailyroader.com slash betting, where you'll be able to use the same tools and algorithms for money line picks. Picks against the spread, game totals, and the use of a player props tool that can now be turned loose to forecast spectacular game performances that you can now capitalize without, without having to worry about salary caps. That's dailyroader.com. Click on Go Premium, the industry website where millionaires are made. That's just not a cliche. That that actually happened, including this past Sunday. All right, Frank, five minutes to go. It's time to make some picks for Sunday. Who are your favorite bets of the week? I mentioned some of them yesterday, but I'm going to roll with what I said, and it's some underdogs. I think the Carolina Panthers plus six is a best bet that I really like. I like that, too. You're getting the money line at plus 210. I don't think it's crazy to throw them out there here as a possibility to win this game against the Falcons. Look, the Falcons, look, they, they lost in week one against the Eagles, but they also lost Keanu Neal, and they lost Deion Jones, two guys that are glue guys in that defense, in that secondary for the Atlanta Falcons. So I worry about them being favorites as big as they are here. I love Carolina Panthers plus six, and if you wanted to throw a few on the money line, I like that as well. You're getting them at plus 210. Another one of my best bets this week, Greg, is the Seattle Seahawks going up against the Bears. They're on the road. They're three-and-a-half-point underdogs. You get the money line at plus 152. But the Chicago Bears, the defense, the, the, the front seven, the, the Khalil Mack, the defensive line, they looked absolutely phenomenal. They're going to cause fits for Russell Wilson. I understand that. I just don't think that the offense did enough to, to give me confidence in them that they're going to be able to match Russell Wilson point for point in this game. So I think I like this. You're getting the Seahawks at plus three and a half. That could be a field goal game. I think there's a chance that Seattle Seahawks in prime time in Monday night march into Chicago and also steal a victory. So the Seattle Seahawks and the Carolina Panthers are the two that I feel pretty strongly about in week two, Greg. For me, if I had to pick, give me a third. You're give me a third. I need a third. I like the Giants at plus three. Sorry, Corey. Corey just Corey's in the room, ready to rock. <laughs> His face is like, 
perked up when he heard. Um, I, I would te- I would tease that up to three and a half. I'd feel better about it. All right, for me, uh, I'm going to start in Tennessee. I really like Houston uh, minus two in Tennessee. I don't trust the Titans, and I'm not buying into them. I think Deshaun Watson could go crazy uh, for Houston this week. I also really like my favorite bet of the week. Quite obviously, everybody knows this about me. I'm a huge Chiefs guy. Uh, I like I love the Chiefs plus five and a half in Pittsburgh. Andy Reid on the road in week in week two. Uh, the Chiefs are going to go into Pittsburgh. And the Chiefs always beat the Steelers with Andy Reid as the head coach. And at plus five and a half, I love the value there. Um, give me Kansas City plus five and a half over Pittsburgh for my third bet of the week. It's crazy to me that New Orleans is a 10-point favorite at home against Cleveland. They lost to a Tampa Bay team that is not good, and I, I believe not good. Cleveland tied Pittsburgh. 10 points is a lot of points that they have to cover. Give me Cleveland plus 10, and not looking for nothing. Moneyline is plus 360 for the Browns. Are we sure that how good the Saints are? Throw, throw a little bit on it, man. They say Josh Gordon is going to be a lot more involved in this game. We're talking about the wide receiver rankings. I have him ranked at wide receiver 25, high-end wide receiver 3 this week for me, Greg. Even if Marshawn Lattimore is on him, Marshawn Lattimore got burned by Mike Evans last week, and we know that Tyrod Taylor is going to take a few shots downfield where he just gives Josh Gordon a chance at a 50-50 ball. So I like that call there. Is it telling that we've made our best bets and we haven't even mentioned the Philadelphia Eagle World Series? World Series. Super Bowl champions going in against Tampa Bay. Listen. Three-point favorites. I, the, the reason is it's, it's on the road. It's yep. still back of quarterback for the Eagles. And there's not as many people that are disrespecting the Eagles anymore. I know the spread pro- the spread is changing. Three-point three favorites, though. They are favorites on the road. They'd be about six-point favorites at home. Given how many points the Bucks put up last week, I think the spread's fair. I think it's fair. You know what I like right now, Greg? There's a lot of money coming in on the Miami Dolphins. The yeah. Jets have been dropped to two and a half. So if you think that's a field goal game and you have faith in the Jets, which I understand a lot of people are calling this a trap game. It's a divisional matchup. The Dolphins always do play the Jets close. But you're now getting them at two and a half. You think the Jets win by a field goal? Not a bad one either. Are you going over to the Meadowlands this afternoon? If I, it depends what time I get out of here, to be honest. Fair enough. That's going to do it for us. Good luck in week two in, with your bets and, of course, DFS and obviously fantasy football. The fantasy football frenzy is up next with Corey, Chris, and Jim. For Frankie Stanfield, my name is Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. We'll do it all again on Monday. We hope. hope.